Welcome to Politics Done Right. Good morning, Houston. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Buenos dias, buenos dias. I trust everybody is having a pleasant morning. Notice I didn't say great morning. After all, it is early. We're still getting, as my daughter used to say when she was nine years old, getting the crocodiles out of your eyes. We have a great show planned for you today. We have three subjects as usual for you today. What are, what are we going to talk about? Texas AG Paxton to be impeached. Wow. Will a Republican? Well, we already had a one Republican this year in the House that had to resign after getting a 19-year-old young lady drunk and having his way with her. And they finally voted him out, but he resigned. And Paxton has been under indictment for at least, I don't know, several years now. And we in Texas continue to reelect the indicted criminal. Wow. Even though we know the guy is guilty, but I mean, in this country, if you have the right amount of money and influence, you can delay and delay and delay and delay. You delay long enough, you delay your whole life, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe catching up with Brother Paxton. Brother Paxton is set to be impeached. So title of the show today, Texas AG Paxton to be impeached. Other one, this one really touched me. And I hope irrespective of who you are, what you look like, what's your hue. I hope this one would touch you. 11 year old shot by cop. We have to change the intrinsic realities within our souls in this country. 11-year-old shot by cop. And I'm not sure what order I'm going to do it yet, but Chris Hayes exposes debt ceiling fraud. Folks, I want you to call and let's talk. 713-526-5738. Extension number two to be on air. I want you to remember this, man. Uh, When I tell you this is your show that's exactly what i mean this is your show i come prepared with subjects but you have the opportunity to call in tell me something substantive that you want to talk about and as you've seen as many have seen on our videos and listened to we change to whatever it is that you find important anyway please remember there are several ways to listen to our show you can, uh, uh, I'm, I'm progressive. I believe in engaging, listening, and learning from everyone, irrespective of their political ideology. However, you will never get disrespected when you call this program. I believe in civil coexistence. And not only that, I believe everybody's voice, everybody's voices should be heard. I think everyone needs to be heard. When everyone needs to be heard, everybody feels respected. When everybody is respected, they don't feel the need to rebel against us all. It's my opinion. Your thoughts. 713-526-5738. Extension number two to be on air. There are several ways to listen to Politics Done Right. You can... Download the TuneIn program from the Apple Store or from the Play Store and search for KPFT and stream it on your phone. You can go to uh, KP, our website, kpft.org, and just listen to it from our website. 
or you can watch the program. Yes, you can watch the program every day at facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, and you would be watching the show, what we're doing here. Remember my show, I do several videos every day for the show. Well, if I can get to them, depending on what you guys call, if you guys call and say, I want to talk to something else, maybe we don't get to all the videos, but we try to uh, get to videos. You can see what we're talking about and uh, makes it a little bit more flavorful. Then, of course, you can listen to it on YouTube or watch it on YouTube, politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. So don't forget, give us a call, 713-526-5738, extension 2 to be on air. And please go to kpft at politicsdoneright.com if you have a comment that you want me to investigate, figure out, talk about, plan to put on air. This is your show, and I want you to take it by the horns and say, this is my show, and this is what we want to talk about. That's the difference with a place like KPFT. KPFT, you own. KPFT, you support. KPFT is yours. So, in that light, before I get started, and again, we have a full program for you. But today is my last day, unless it's extended. I think it's my last day of fun driving. And I'm still giving you a program, but I ask you, make our day. Please call 713-526-5738. Hit the number one instead of the number two. And contribute to the program. And uh, what can you what can you vow for? Again, I, I, we'd like you to contribute just because you believe in our programming, just because you believe, well, you know, I love politics done right, or I love the shows at KPFT. I love the, con I, I love it. And I know the importance of having it. So I want to support it. And how can you do that? 713-526-5738. Extension numero uno, number one this time, the support. And here are the offers, and then I'm going to get started. I'm going to get started. I promise. Don't leave me. Stay with me. I know a lot of people hear the fun drive going and say, oh, there they go again. I'm going on to after the fun drive. Stay with me. We're getting good shows, getting good programs during this fun drive. So I'm asking you to do this. Call 713-526-5738, extension numero uno, number one. And these are your options right now. You can, they have a lot of offers. But the offers that are attached to my show as well is one, the $40 uh, support gives you a voting membership on the entire Pacifica network. Okay. You also plan and decide what occurs here. You vote for delegates, etc. A hundred dollar contribution gets you the politics done right t-shirt that has our politics done right insignia, as well as the uh, KPFT logo. A $250 contribution is breakfast with Egberto. I take you out for donuts and coffee or something, whatever you want. We sit down and we chat politics or whatever you want to chat about. Because, you know, we, we love the idea that this is a station that you're touching and feeling the folks on the station proper. 713-526-5738, extension one to contribute. And again, uh, you know, I, 
it would be good if I could get five. I, I'm, I'm down, I think like four or five days worth of contributions. You know, I got to do five, five, $250 per day. It would be good if five people take me up on that and say, Berto, you're going to take me out and you, we're, we're going to have some coffee and you're going to, we're going to talk. 713-526-5738 extension number one. That's a $250 contribution. And by the way, uh, for those, whether you're shy or not, I'm telling you something. You never get shy when we sit down and chat, man. I guarantee that. I guarantee that you enjoy. We learn. We learn. We enjoy conversation. That's what I do. Because I believe in the free exchange of ideas. I believe in us talking, having together. If you do that, call and, and call in and, 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 and do whatever contribution you can. No, I gave you three, but there are dozens that you can, when you go to our website, you can choose from, or when you call into this, you can choose for, so you can go to kpft.org, kpft.org and select what you want. Please do remember to say, I am support. This is in, in support of politics done right to make politics done right. Stay on air. Good morning, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Peebles. How are you doing? Oh, here we are in the control room, just trying to stay awake, Egberto. Oh, well, I'm going to try not to bore you. What's that, Van? (laughs) What's that? No, I heard Van Van Bever said something. Oh, yes, he did. I had to clear my throat there a little bit. Well, no, we're doing good here. Ten cans of strength seem to be holding up, so Howard's, Howard's got it going on. Yeah, we're all here. Well, you know, Ken Paxton is going to skate. Well, I know that people think he's not going to, but he's going to skate like all of them do. You know, they always skate, but you know what? We're going to, we're going to try to, you know, for me, I don't care if they skate because this is a stock kind of a thing. And I think the stock market, and I think all, I think, I, you know, when Bernie Sanders said something like our financial system, our meaning Wall Street is, is predicated on, on, on uh, fraud. No, I, I can give some stories that I believe those things myself. I mean, if you take a look, I don't know what's the difference between a gambling casino and the stock market. I honestly don't. And I, they're the same. Right. Exactly. And you know, for those people who talk EBITDA and collars and all these fancy words they use to create just to make money off of money. I think the, I think the model is a fraud, but Hey, that's just me, Howard. What can I say? I'm just me, but, but you are just you and you're a wonderful man. Oh, wow. My head just grew again because if, if Howard, look, let me tell you something, guys, if Howard tells you you're a nice guy, believe it because Howard is a good barometer, (laughs) you know? So, Hey, what can I say? Anyhow, folks, let's get busy. Call that number. Please let me say thank you for you this to you this morning. 713-526-5738, extension one, and choose whatever you can and just make sure the support sets for Egberto Willis. Anyway, first topic of the day, Ken Paxton. And here it goes from the Texas Tribune. Texas House Committee issues 20 articles of impeachment against Attorney General Ken Paxton. Not one article of impeachment, not two articles of impeachment. 20 articles of impeachment. This is a guy who came out la- earlier this week and said that the, the, the Speaker of the House of Representatives needed to, be, uh, re- needed to be impeached, needed to be removed, needed to resign from the House. That was another Republican that he was attacking, right? Because he said he had slurred speech on the, 
on the uh, <laughs> while he was talking, and and the guy did have slurred speech. Um, he could have been drunk. I don't know. I don't know. But let me tell you what hurt, kind of hurt me about when Paxton said that. If you hear somebody slurring their speech that otherwise is standing upright and looks normal, wouldn't you have had the humane concern and say, I wonder if this, there, there are certain types of strokes that people get, right? Where you, it's a temporary stroke. It's a very short-lived stroke. Maybe it's a spasm of a vessel in your brain and the talking area, etc. And you do slur your speech. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I listened to uh, this guy, when it happened, right? My first thought was of concern. Oh, my God. The guy is probably having a stroke. It's, it's probably one of those. I don't remember what it's called. There's a word. There's a particular word you use for that kind of stroke. I don't remember what it's called, but um, that's the first thing that went in my mind. Concern for this guy. After all, just recently, about four weeks ago, an activist, uh, an activist, not one of the kind of activists I particularly like, but humanely from the, uh, from a humanity standpoint of view, when uh, he got a massive heart attack and just fell out at the Capitol in Austin, I mean, I felt it, you know, it was like, oh my God, nobody deserved to, I mean, he died, man, he died, right? And so that Paxton just went there and started talking about, oh, get rid of the guy. He had slurred speech without trying to figure out first, did this guy have a temporary stroke or something? And you know what? To this day, nobody said, oh, he smelled the liquor or anything. So my gut feeling is that he had a stroke. That's my gut feeling. And he's not going to come out, you know. These guys never like to admit that something, uh, something health-wise happened to them. So he'll probably prefer if people think he was, thought he was a bit drunk because immediately thereafter, he stopped slurring. I don't know. But the first act that Paxton wanted was for this guy to be thrown out of Kong. Look, I don't like the speaker. Okay, I think the speaker is a bad guy. But my God, you can't wish that kind of stuff on anybody. Anyway, so here's the article. The attorney general, or rather, in, the press, in, a, in an unprecedented move, a Texas House committee voted Thursday to recommend that Attorney General General uh, Ken Paxson be impeached and removed from office, citing 20 accusations that include bribery, retaliating against whistleblowers, and obstruction of justice around 8 p.m. last night, man. I was actually up when it was occurring. Uh, the House General Investigating Committee filed its impeachment resolution with the clerk, with the House clerk. It included the 20 articles listing a years long pattern of alleged misconduct and law breaking that investigators detail one day, one, one day earlier on the House floor. Some lawmakers could be heard yelling the number of the newly filed articles and several could be seen reading the document minutes after it was filed. The House will next decide whether to approve the articles against Pakistan which could lead to the attorney general's removal from office pending the outcome of a trial to be conducted by the Senate. State Representative Andrew Moore, chair of the investigative committee, following, followed by telling House members that the impeachment alleged grave offensive justifying the committee's action after a period of time for your review and reflection, I intend to call up the resolution adopting the articles of impeachment. If you have any questions at all, Please come visit with me or any other member of our committee. 
during a specially a specially called meeting earlier Thursday afternoon. The committee voted unanimously unanimously to refer the 20 articles of impeachment to the full chamber. No Texas legislature has impeached an attorney general, an extraordinary step that lawmakers have historically reserved for public officials who face serious allegations that they had abused their powers. Wow. When I when that thing came over my ticker, it was like, I can't believe that this is actually happening. People are going to he's going to have to pay the price for who he has been amazing. 713-526-5738. Extension number two to be on air. Extension number one to give. 713-526-5738. I would love to hear your voices this morning early on, not as soon as we end the program or not when we're near the end of the program. So for those of you in Houston, I want to say, wake up Houston and let's talk. I know it's early. But, you know, that's when some of your freshness come out. So Gonzalo is in the house with us, or I should say in the phone house with us. So let's bring Gonzalo online. Buenos dias, mi hermano Gonzalo. ¿Cómo estás? How are you doing, my brother? Buenos dias, Isberto. How are you? I am here, and, and, and life has just gotten better because Gonzalo is on the phone. Talk to me, sir. So, my first point is related to my previous conversation with you this week. It's about age. And I'm just wondering, but I guess that uh, Ken Paxton is over 60 or maybe 65. And again, my point is about age. Why do these people stay for so long? in power and let's just start with our president he has been in politics my age i'm 51 or even more so it's time for him to go it's time for donald trump to go it's time for Dan Baxter to go and i don't know if in the constitution of the united states there is a an age that put a limit to those people to be so influential and so powerful. But my question is, if they want to serve the public uh, and the people, why don't they go to schools to give speech? Or why do they not do something like Al Gore or Jimmy Carter or Obama that made a foundation and uh, do things for the betterment of our people? Gonzalo? You, you, uh, let me tell you, you named, you just named one of my heroes, President Jimmy Carter. Uh, Jimmy Carter, many like, many, yeah, many like to make fun of Jimmy Carter, etc. But I can't, I don't, of all our presidents, bar none, Jimmy Carter is the one that I have the most respect for. And the reason why is he served his time as president. Some may have liked it. Some may not have. I have to remind everybody that it's only through his administration. His administration is the only one that I know of in, in, in recent history, in, in recent and mid history that has not gone to war. His is the only administration that I thought 
was, you know, Obama's administration was also a very ethical administration, but Carter, again, from the inside, Carter was a very good person, right? So I respect him. And what he did, he got out of politics. He went and he used his, he used what he had become the former president of the United States, which gives any person gravitas. He went out there and used that gravitas to create uh, uh, the home, uh, building homes. I forgot what it's called. Habitat uh, for or work with Habitat for Humanity and many other organizations The vote in Venezuela, the vote all over the world, make sure that it was done in in a fair manner. That is what it's supposed to be. Now, you mentioned about Biden. For me, that's a tricky situation. I think Biden, uh, let me be honest. I think Biden looks old. I think he, he acts old. I think he walks old, but his mind seems to be very sharp. That said, I am with you that why don't we have a bench and after you reach a certain age, just magnanimous relief. I don't want to put a limit on it, Gonzalo, because I don't believe. Let, let me tell you why I don't believe in term limits. I don't believe in term limits because I think it is anti-democratic. And in this respect, if you if, if the people just happen to want you, I think they should have their choice. I don't believe in, in having presidents only being able to serve two terms. I'm not saying they should serve more than two terms. I'm saying there must be, there could be something within some person that people want to have there for a long time. And I think in a democratic system, they should have that right. Now, as a person, I will never serve uh, that, that, that long uh, for, you know, as a representative, I think you bring fresh blood in. I think that's a good thing for fresh blood. And I think that should happen in a, in an organic manner. One last thing. And that is look, um, you know, people have said, Hey, why don't you serve in politics? Uh, I'm not, I'm not really that old. And I, I come a folks out, uh, folks out and I say, look, I really think right now, the people who should be the chain leading the country going into system are those that we, we like to call millennials right now. I think it is time. So I am with you, Gonzalo, that a lot of these people are just too damn old and should get out of there. Uh, we're in a special situation, I think, with, with uh, Brother Biden, where the country is in an interesting state. And can one of the newer people win uh, against a, a country that has a mental problem right now? I am not sure. Gonzalo, back to you. Okay. Um, last but not least, I slightly disagree with you because uh, I'm originally from Cuba. You know the story about Castro. Of course. Years in power, brother yes. and son, well, well, elder brother and uh, younger brother, whatever uh, age they have. Uh, Vladimir Putin. Yes. Uh, uh, Mohammed Gaddafi. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicolas Maduro, Chavez, Unity, and more years in power. So, Gonzalo, can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Because I don't think you said you disagreed with me, right? And and that's not a problem. But let me just ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. And it goes like this. Um, those people that you named, right? They were not, even if they had gotten there democratically, they didn't stay there democratically. I am talking about democratically, meaning that the people clamor, we want you. If the people clamor, if Castro, if the people had really clamored to ask Castro to stay, 
Don't you think they would have deserved that? Well, I think at the beginning, everybody claimed uh, uh, that he was the right person in power, and he said that he he was democratically elected. Right. But you know the story after after that. I don't know that he was democratically Castro. I don't. I know you're Cuban, but I don't think Castro was ever democratically elected. Right. I mean, he he waged a war that 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 came about because of. I mean, look, if if we want to be honest about it. The conditions in Cuba in in the fifties made made a revolution necessary. I mean, uh, for a whole lot of Cuban population in Cuba, uh, how I mean, the corruption that was under what's, what's his name, the, the guy before Castro that got overthrown, um, Batista. Batista. Batista, yeah, Batista. So I mean, you think about it, right? Look, I am look, I am no communist, right? But I mean, uh, what was going on then? is really great for creating uh, uh, regimes that can either be good or bad. In the case of Panama, we got Manu- we got Omar Torrijos Herrera, which was our dictator, which was a good dictator, right? But the conditions, in my opinion, led to the creation of Castro. And it was induced by the United States, to put it bluntly, right? Because they allowed Cuba to be the way Cuba was with Batista and others. Well, in my humble opinion, he should have left the uh, power in the 90s and uh, history will praise him. But unfortunately, uh, the 90s, nothing went right and they have been back and forth with the same uh, type of economy and with the same type of political system. And and now it's uh, second... Uh, coming back of a Soviet now with a, <laughs> yeah. uh, authoritarian Putin. So yes. this is the case. Why? Because they, they have never wanted an alliance with the United States uh, or they have never wanted to negotiate uh, good terms or whatever the reason is. They're not going to get there. I think this is a very... You're right. Hey, not gonna. I'm not gonna. We we, we can't relitigate that one. You know, the, the, both both uh, Cuba and and America when when the revolution occurred screwed up. I mean, uh, Cuba could have been an American satellite. It could have easily been that. But you know, uh, again, head, good heads didn't prevail. Gonzalo, anything else before I go to Johnny? Well, go uh, going back to the main point. I think there should be a turn for Mr. Paxton for. Mm-hmm. Uh, our president for the uh, for Donald Trump, which is mm-hmm. almost age. Yes, and I'm not telling about age. I'm telling about uh, terms, uh, ability to stay in power forever. That is in my theme. I uh, hear you, sir. Okay, thank you very much. Te entiendo, Gonzalo. Tenga buen día. You have a great day, and thank you very much for calling in, sir. Please keep listening. Please keep calling. And there's one other thing I ask all our listeners to do. As a community station that's growing, I ask you to share our stuff and tell people about us and keep calling in, brother. Love to hear your voice, all right? Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, vámonos con Johnny before we continue with the program. Johnny, come on in. Johnny, you're hot. 
Okay, Johnny, I can hear. I can't hear you. Come on in, Johnny. I'm an Osakun Johnny. I have to. Uh, now I'm hearing myself come back. I'm hearing my voice come back. Can you hear me? Okay. I hear you clear. You're not echoing or anything. Okay, I'll try to ignore the echo. Uh, I beg to differ with you on the idea that El Castro was not democratically elected. Democratically elected can mean more than just showing up at a voting poll to vote on a machine lever. Uh, Participating in democracy at its very essence is what happened when the Revolutionary War happened uh, with this country against England. That was a vote against tyranny. You want things to say we're tired of kings and queens. We don't want to see people like Charles and Camilla dressed up in Halloween costumes. We want to govern ourselves. And that's what Fidel Castro was. He embodied that. He was educated in this country. He understood tyranny. He understood that capitalism was run amok and they were infecting the island of Cuba. And they decided to dislodge that large Batista, and those people ran for the hills, so to speak. And that's why we see so many Republicans in Florida so anti-Castro and so pro-Reagan and pro-Bush, because they are dying out now, and I think they have infected their children <laughs> to the point where they feel self-entitlement, some kind of, um, uh, what's the word when you, not hedonism, it's... Uh, Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So they feel entitled that they want to go back to Cuba and make the bottom up capitalism again. They want to own plantations again. They want to own people of color again. So when, what, what what people of Cuba did, the working class would still dislodge that. They participated in voting. Voting at its very essence. As far as Jimmy Carter goes, I think Jimmy Carter has been missed. Uh, diagnosed during his presidency. He was maligned all the time by the press. And that aggravated me because remember I told you the other day how the Vietnam War colored my entire childhood? Over yes, I do. Yes. Childhood? Well, thanks to the Carter administration, they did not require me. I came within two months of having to register the service. Okay, I didn't have to do that because of Jimmy Carter. Right. Had Reagan not taken off those uh, solar panels off the roof of the White House and had followed through on Jimmy Carter's program, he would not be in the uh, oligarchic, oligarchic mess we're in right now. And, you know, Johnny, a, a lot of people don't realize that uh, that Jimmy Carter, uh, again, it, yeah, you know, we 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 look at uh, the great things that 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 uh, Biden has been able to negotiate to get a lot of uh, green energy out. But just think about if we had followed the path that Jimmy Carter uh, had within his administration from sin fuels. Remember synthetic fuels? Yes, synthetic fuels were originally being done with uh, coal, but later on it would have migrated into cellulose, cellulosic energy and all that kind of stuff, which is true green energy. And uh, unfortunately, it's amazing how one bad leader can actually create havoc to maintain he sin fuel was scrapped. The solar panels, as an example to lead, was removed from the White House. All these things that were done just were regressive and put us on a horrendous path to where we are today. 
leadership matters. And yes, Jimmy Carter had those great ideas. Leadership, uh, unfortunately, in a capitalist society that wants to make money today and at all costs, irrespective of environment, etc., it doesn't play well. And Jimmy Carter was a scientist. Don't forget that. He was a nuclear physicist. Absolutely. Nuclear engineer. Nuclear engineer. Yeah. What can we say about uh, George Bush or Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump? Again, uh, that, that, is, that is, I mean, when, when you want to be the ward of the economic system, in other words, when you want to have a president who will be dictated to by the economic system, you get folks like Ronald Reagan, George Bush, uh, well, Trump, I don't know what Trump was to tell you the truth. Uh, but again, uh, Chris Hayes did a piece and I'm going to play that piece now by Chris Hayes. Uh, it's about the debt ceiling, but it's going to tell you a little bit more. So Johnny, give me a chance here to go play this video so that everybody can hear what we're going to do. So thank you so kindly for calling with your wise words as usual, sir. Jimmy Carter, thank you for your service and rest in peace when that time comes. God help you. Yes, absolutely. I love Jimmy Carter. Anyway, folks, please, before I go to that video, an important video with an important piece, please give us a call at 713-526-5738 and consider contributing to the station. I have to raise $250 a day. Today's my last day. I'm down like three, four, five days. I don't know. I haven't seen the recent numbers, but please give a call if you can, if you have the wherewithal. Uh, $40 for a membership in the entire Pacifica network, which gives you the vote for delegates, etc. $100 for the Politics Done Right t-shirt, the Politics Done Right t-shirt with the KPFT logo on it. And if, do you want, do you want to take you for breakfast, breakfast with Egberto, breakfast with Egberto, $250. I promise you, I shy or not, you will have a good time because by the time I, by the time we meet, nobody is shy because come on, yo soy panameño, latino, y nosotros somos así, tu sabes, we are cool, man, you know. No, we'll have a good time. We'll have whatever kind of conversation it is that you want, political or otherwise. And Howard, of course, has that other bus thing. How does that go again, Howard? Oh, this is a neat thing, Igberto. Uh, our very own Mr. McKinney, the guy who brings you the Houston Hour. Uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, starting at 6 o'clock, he has extended us a tour, an hour and a half tour, of the uh, historic district, Herman Park Museum District, and also the Texas Medical Center, and a tour of the radio station, too. They do this once a month, and it's a $75 pass to get in. Uh, kind of a first date thing. You could do that. That's kind of neat. Uh, or maybe you just want to hang out with Mr. McKinney and uh, tour KPFT. $75 for a pass to get on this uh, open air bus. It's a school bus. They've taken the top of it off and you can see all around and it's a cool thing to do. $75, 713-526-5738. Tell them that you want the McKinney bus tour and also tell them that you support Egberto Willies too. Hey, wait, do you say that there's one tonight, right? Uh, from Leaving from the studio at the 4504 Carolina? No, 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 not tonight. Oh, not uh, tonight. His show is on tonight. Oh, his show is on tonight. Okay, great. Yes, I just want to tell people, uh, tell people, hey, you're doing it tonight. But anyway, folks, look, uh, call, please, please support the program by doing that. 713-526-5738, extension number one to support 
the program extension number one to support the program to show. And again, like I said, a t-shirt, $100, $40 for membership, $250. Have breakfast with Egberto. Anyway, let's, I want to play something uh, for you guys. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling Johnny, I'm ready to play this thing. I'm ready to play this thing. And the one thing that I, I, I hadn't done is queue it up. So as I am talking to you right now, I'm queuing it up. You see, what happened is we got it when we got into the studio, had today great conversation with brother Howard here. And it was like, you know, you, you forget to do things, you know, when, when you have good people that you're hanging with, sometimes you just forget to do things. Well, I'm not forgetting to uh, do this now. And I am setting up Chris Hayes right now. Let's get Chris Hayes right now. And I want you to see this one. So if you are watching us at, at KPFT Houston, uh, or rather facebook.com slash KPFT Houston or YouTube or politicsandright.tv, you'll be able to see it. So here we go now. Republicans would say the reason why they want to hold the country hostage for the debt ceiling is because they want spending to be reduced. They want to make sure that we that we become an efficient country, that we live within our means. We can't keep spending this way. We just can't. Yet, they are the ones who do the most spending or the most irresponsible spending because they continue to spend the same or more, even as they give tax cuts under the false premise, which we proved yesterday, that tax cuts generate economic activity, which is a proven fallacy. But let's go ahead and show what uh, Chris Hayes came about with. Cutting the budget by a fifth, 22%, which Republicans have proposed, would result in, here's just some estimates, 80,000 students losing access to Pell Grants, 200,000 kids losing access to Head Start programs, 430,000 low-income families getting evicted, 640,000 American families losing access to rental assistance, 1 million poor Americans with young kids losing access to food assistance, 2 million individuals and families losing access to health care via community health centers, and many other terrible preventable outcomes. And while a lot of folks are talking about how bad these spending cuts would be or how catastrophic, truly, defaulting on the debt would be for the first time in American history, tonight I want to talk about something a little different because not enough people are talking about why this is all happening in the first place. And I mean, like, really, let's just go down to fundamentals. We're watching the story. Maybe you've seen it. What is this about? Why are we having a debt ceiling showdown? Why are Republicans threatening to tank the global economy and default for the first time in this country's history unless they get their way to impose austerity and cut federal spending on those programs severely? Now, the stated justification for the hostage shaking, you hear it everywhere, doesn't make any sense. And this is really the key to understanding this whole thing. The sort of top line answer, which again has been taken for granted as the answer in most mainstream coverage is that Republicans want to cut spending. And they want to cut spending because they have an ideological commitment to cutting spending. You see that everywhere. Kevin McCarthy says it. The reporters, by and large, that report on him tend to sort of go along with that. That's the fight. It is simply not true. It is maddening to see it repeated because it cannot possibly be the actual answer. And this isn't speculation or mind reading on my part. These are just the facts, the history. This is an empirical situation. We know that cannot be the answer because we have seen what the Republican Party does when it has control of the government 
and is free to pursue its agenda. When Republicans control both houses of Congress and the presidency, what did they do? Well, they cut taxes for corporations and rich people. And they do that every time without fail, right? And that's because the Republican Party really does believe in that. They really do believe in cutting taxes for corporations and rich people. They really do use their power to make it happen. It's the one piece of legislation they'll manage to get passed, even when they're screwing up left and right. Didn't George W. Bush, right? Didn't jump. They push deregulation. They make life harder for undocumented immigrants. They restricted illegal immigration. Sometimes they pick cultural fight. They tend to boost spending for defense. But one thing they do not do when they have unified control of the federal government is reduce spending. Again, this is just a historical fact. I'm not doing any mind reading. I'm just telling you the simple fact of the matter. When they have control of the government, they do the opposite of reducing spending. They increase spending when their party is in power, when they control the White House. Why? Well, I think because, in the main, government spending is popular and tends to boost the political fortunes of the White House and the president. In this case, a Republican president. It helps the Republican president get reelected. Axios put together this handy chart of government spending. The purple line is defense. The brown line is everything else. You can see it there. Spending goes up during the administration of Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. And then it slows down a little bit. See that little flat line? During the Clinton years. <laughs> okay. Again, that's when Bill Clinton was a president. And then uh, after the, the, the House got taken over by Newt Gingrich, right? Republicans had a big budget standoff and they imposed spending cuts. Right. And what happens? Well, then spending skyrockets under George W. Bush. OK, see, see how that line goes up. Right. Again, George W. Bush takes office. He's got a House and Senate. Right. Republicans, they force the country into two very pointless, very expensive wars. They also ran up a lot of domestic spending. And then what happens after that? Oh, look, it drops again <laughs> pretty dramatically under the Democratic president. And see the dip around 2011 there? That's the last time that Republicans were in opposition and held the House and held the debt ceiling hostage. The exact same playbook as right now. They demanded Democrats agree to painful, unpopular spending cuts or else Republicans would crater the economy. So again, Republicans in power, spent, spent, spent for decades while their president, they had the presidency, turned around and pretended to care about curbing spending once Democrats are in power. Bill Clinton, certainly Barack Obama. And again, why? What's going on? Why are they not consistent, right? The answer is very simple and straightforward. They wanted to make it harder for Barack Obama to get reelected. Here's Mitch McConnell just days after Republicans retook Congress in 2010. For the past week, some have said it was indelicate of me to suggest that our top political priority over the next two years should be to deny President Obama a second term. But the fact is, if our primary legislative goals are to repeal and replace the health spending bill, to end the bailouts, cut spending, and shrink the size and scope of government, the only way to do all of those things is to put someone in the White House who won't veto any of these things. But they don't want to shrink the size and scope of government. They just had control of the government under George W. Bush, and they did not shrink its scope or its size. Again, you can't take what they're saying at face value because it makes no sense. So Obama was forced to strike a deal to get the debt ceiling raised, which pushed austerity measures that appreciably slowed the recovery from the financial crisis. It made the economy worse. It created unnecessary misery for millions. Also made it worse than it should have been when he was running for a second term in 2012. 
You can see it right here on this chart. The top line is how much the government was projected to spend during the Obama years. The bottom line is how much the government actually spent after the Tea Party forced Democrats to cut spending. See how the bottom line, the amount the country has spent, is way lower than what originally was projected before Republicans demanded cuts? But then you'll see something else. See how it kind of bows up there, starts to go up? It looks like the bottom line starts to tick up around. Drum roll, please. When could it be? Ah, yes, 27, 2017. Right after Donald Trump was elected and Republicans controlled Congress. What did they do? They started spending, of course. Let's go back to the first chart for a second and look at government spending under Trump. Oh, yeah, it skyrocketed. Look at the line shoot up. Non-military spending in particular went way up under Trump and Republicans. In fact, Republicans spent so much partnered with massive tax cuts to the rich and corporations, the deficit increased nearly 40% under Trump. Again, I'm belaboring this a little bit, but I just, I can't bear it, okay? I think at this point, everyone sort of agrees Republicans don't actually care about the federal deficit. That was the old excuse, and, and no one buys it anymore. Clearly they don't. You can't care about the deficit while you're also pushing massive tax cuts for the rich. Untenable. But people still haven't really come around to the even more basic idea that Republicans, they don't care about spending either the size and scope of government. But that's what the numbers say. Again, this is just, I'm just reading you the history. So then the question becomes, this is a little bit of a mystery. Well, not really a big one. But the question is, if Republicans don't care about spending, which they don't, then why are they forcing a crisis over the debt ceiling? What's it really all about? And again, the answer is very simple. It is about asserting dominance over the Democratic president and hurting his political fortunes. I hope you guys understand that. And I hope you guys listen to what he had to say. And I hope you guys look at the charts. You don't have to take his charts at face value. You can actually see what the what the different administrations spend. That that data is well available for anybody to find. I don't go look it up at the government agencies because they're Again, Chris Hayes and others have already done the job. So as you can see, the real culprit, those who have continuously blown the budget, meaning they spend, but they don't collect for it. When, when Democrats spend, at least they try to get some taxes for it. But Republicans want to give away the House and at the same time spend like a drunken sailor. And they, they, they don't want the spending for the military industrial complex or all these places touched. It's important that we see this. So for folks like Mike Sisak, who are always talking about what's going on, sometimes it just makes sense to just do the numbers. The numbers will never lie to you. The numbers are statements of fact. So therefore, again, this is a farce. The debt ceiling debate is a farce. And it is time for the president now, if if he cannot get a clean debt ceiling uh, bill to raise the debt, go ahead and invoke the 14th Amendment and let the Supreme Court decide if it will prefer to let the country falter instead of doing what's right, instead of doing what's constitutional. We know already that too often they take that unconstitutional route. One hopes that this time around they'll do the right thing. Because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of pain on a lot of Americans. And I, but I tell you what, I hope with, if, if, they, if they fail and we get the pain on Americans, maybe it will be the time that we dethrone 
the plutocracy because there are a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. Absolutely. So, folks, please remember, call 713-526-5738. Again, that is 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute to the show. $100 for the uh, Politics and Right t-shirt. You don't have to pay that all at once. $40 to become a, a, a member of the Pacifica Network, a voting member. $250, have breakfast with Egberto. Please do that now so I can thank you on air. 713-526-5738 extension number one or go to kpft.org i think i have ilan on the name come on in ilan on the phone come on in ilan how are you doing uh hi i'm a sustained member i uh oh i recognize your voice ilan how you doing yes i'm getting an echo effect so i'll try to talk over my own echo picking up in your background sorry about that uh i think that we we have to work on that go ahead Uh, i I entirely agree with the premise of the video and what i want to do is amplify uh, what you were saying about cuba but my major point is about the system that we have of our electoral politics and how the duopoly parties have set it up to be run entirely by money. So, going about Cuba, let's do a comparison between Vietnam and Cuba. Vietnam, we intervened in a civil war and lost the war. So, what are we doing now? We're trading with Vietnam, but on the other hand, Cuba, we have this illegal embargo, and that's why Cuba's economy is struggling. But, but Cuba has better education and better health care than Americans have. So that's not said about Cuba. But what I want to say, uh, I, too, am in favor of not having term limits. You know, I say we already have term limits. It's called the vote. But those who would argue that the incumbents have an advantage monetarily and everything, I would like to change the system so that it'd be illegal for anyone to contribute money to a candidate. I'm talking about corporations all the way down to individuals. I think that there should be a pool of money set up that the government divides equally between all the registered candidates so they all start off fairly. And if the uh, big money is not going to have the corrupting influence that it presently has, we have uh, in the state of Texas, they're trying to make it even harder for third party and independent candidates to get on the ballot. You know, by imposing higher monetary fees and signatures and so forth. So that harkens back to the uh, 1970s when La Raza Unida was a threat to the Democrats. So uh, enough said on my part. Uh, I just want to get those points out there that the money is corrupting our politics. 
I let me let me first tell you, Ilan, I agree with you wholeheartedly that I think elections should be publicly funded and that way we eliminate the nature that we eliminate people having to use different methods to uh to get uh to get funded and that we are strict about it so that we, they, that folks can't come into the back door with some sort of back door wink wink of the eye funding methodology so i agree with you wholeheartedly and yes you're correct in my opinion that is that the vote is in fact uh, the term limits. We can term limit anybody by not voting them, voting for them again. Uh, the last story that I had, which is about the 11 year old young kid that was shot by a cop. I won't, I won't play that because I don't have the time, but you can always go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. All the stories that we, that we intended to cover for today or for any day that we are, uh, that we are on air is found in the newsletter that I send out, uh, either the night before or the morning before the show, uh, and you can go to politicsdoneright slash newsletter, politicsdoneright slash newsletter. And you can find the, the, the all the videos that I do for the program, etc., is actually directed from that newsletter as well. So uh, whenever you guys call in and change the program, you still get a chance to see what would have been shown at that time. Uh, so not a problem at all. 713-526-5738, extension number one to donate. Again, I must look. Today is the last day of fun drive for me, meaning for politics done right. Since we are a weekly show, we don't appear on Saturdays and Sundays unless the fun drive gets extended. We hope we hope that we can finish this thing off now. I ask you so kindly to give us a call at 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738, hit extension number one to contribute. Again, a $40 contribution gives you a membership to Pacifica Network, which gives you voting rights for delegates, both uh, locally and nationally. Uh, I also want you to know about T-shirt, which is a politics and right T-shirt with the KPFT logo. Pretty nice T-shirt. Uh, again, uh, uh, you can get that at kpft.org or Call 713-526-5738, extension number one. And don't forget, you don't have to pay for all of this all at once. You can always do this in, in installments. Again, Breakfast with Egberto, $250. I hope some more people take it. We, I, checked the, I checked the record last night and we have quite a few people. I think I saw three people that are, that are there taking us up on that offer. I'd love to have 10 people to take us up on that offer. You know, 713-526-5738, extension number one. Breakfast with Egberto, $250, $250. Ah, I can't Egberto. think of anything better than that. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me. Breakfast with Egberto. Hey, that's, a, that's a cool thing to do. You're yeah. Love this let, me tell the, let me tell the folks who have signed up for this, you are going to love this man. I swear you will. Because when we were doing this the, uh, show, I always enjoy listening to him. And the, the, the cool thing about Egberto really is no disrespect. You can vehemently disagree with him. And he says, okay, okay. 
no fighting back, no name calling, no, oh, well, you're just wrong. No, he takes it all into account and he just, you know, he's just a, a, a great guy. And oh. another thing he was doing, well, you know, another thing that you were doing, and people probably don't know this, when we were building this studio down here, you were down here every day with the rest of us pulling cables, making cables, saying, okay, well, what do we do now? You were really one of the driving forces behind building this studio, and we really appreciate that. You sure you're a show host? Yes. But how many show hosts came down here to do this? How many of them even showed up to bring us water? Practically none, but you did. You put in the hard work on the studio, and I was down here with you putting in the hard work, and we, we got the studio done. The tin cans and stringer holding up, and Egberto's made some great string. And I grew well, them all together. I want. I just want to say, Howard. Uh, the the reason I was down there is to honor folks like you who put very hard work day in and day out to give us the honor of being on air. I I respect that dearly. I, I, I and folks, uh, it, it, you. I think being on air is an honor. It, there, it's limited spaces on on to be on air. I think it's an honor and I think it should be respected. And that's why I do what I do to be honored, honor, to, to honor all of you that are there day in and day out. I am one show. There are many other shows and they are there for all of them. Let's remember that they are there for all of them. So thank you, Howard. And folks, please call 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension 1. $40 for membership. $100 for the KPFT Politics and Right t-shirt. $250 for breakfast with Egberto. And kpft.org. You can also get it online. Please select politics and right as a choice the program you're supporting to make sure it's accounted to my show anyway folks gotta get out of here my name is egberto willies i want to thank uh, howard reynolds and jack van beber thank you so kindly for being in that studio working we do this stuff together my name is egberto this is politics and Right. you know how i end this baby i am what out we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.